This podcast contains language and concepts which may not be suitable for young listeners. The following audio record forms part of the department's ongoing investigation into the actions of Eugene Kirkley, aka Gideon Vermello, and his operations in the town of Alara. Testimonies recorded here are confidential and have not yet been officially corroborated by secondary or tertiary sources. Hi. It's almost becoming a habit for me to start these things with an apology or, or a thank you, isn't it? Today, I think we need a little of both. Forgive me, Father. It's been a week since my last transgression and all that. Wait, wait. It's just getting to the good bit. Oh, man. People just don't write like this anymore. So much fucking soul, you know? It's, it's like the record was printed with actual blood tapped from his veins. Can I tell you one of my favourite bits of music history? I mean, we all know the story about Led Zeppelin and, you know, that mud shark and everyone goes on about those mythic years that Bowie spent with Iggy Pop in Berlin. But I mean, for me, there's Orpheus and Eurydice and then there's Robert Johnson. Johnson and Leroy Carr, the guy who wrote this song, came up around the same time and they both died within a couple of years of each other. Carr was just 30. He was an alcoholic, the tragic fate of tons of those old blues guys. Johnson died a couple of years later, joining the 27 Club. Same age I am now. Okay, right, so Lyndon Johnson. (laughs) Fuck, (laughs) sorry. Robert Johnson, when he first started playing, he was terrible. Like your seven-year-old niece learning to play the recorder terrible. And, oh, fuck. I just had the best idea. There's a recording of Harmony telling this exact story. She always told it better than me. She always did everything better than me. Um, 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 let's see, I remember it was on the tail end of a take of Sins and Supplications. We tried to take with a hurdy-gurdy, which is the world's coolest instrument, but it just, you know, it made the sound a little cluttered. Okay, here, I'll let Harmony tell this. Hey, bitches, snitches and kids without riches. Pay attention, the talent is speaking. Oh, guys, come on. Gaz is going on a bottle of run. Do we want burritos? The correct answer here is yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Cool, okay. Gaza, make that six burritos, river no dairy, I'm no meat, summer's no meat or dairy. You're welcome. And Mike is no sex, but not by choice. And also a couple of grams of the usual if it's no bother. All right, all right, we've been working hard. If you call this work, and it's officially tools down, relaxo time. Now, half an hour ago, when I was a little busy being a musical genius, Micah asked me who Robert Johnson was. And instead of doing the logical thing and beating him over the head with my guitar for having the audacity to call himself a musician when he hasn't even heard of the fucking father of modern music... I decided to take the high ground and wait until break time to impart to you all the great and glorious tale of Robert Johnson and his infernal bargain. Rivi, I know you've heard this one before, so no spoilers, hey? Okay. In the beginning was the dude, and the dude would become God. But for the moment, 
Sorrow did he impart upon the ears of his audience. And lo, when his hands did strum upon the sixth string, there was a gnashing of teeth and like a ton of wailing and shit. And people would be like, oh, Robert, you're going to send my ears to an early grave. Thus did Robert supplicate for a tranquil place to develop his craft. Riv, shut up. I'm pontificating over here. (laughs) Sheesh. Anyway, so long did Robert search until at last he did strike upon the uh, realisation that dead men call no cops. And thus he made of the cemeteries a practice hall. Long past the devil's hour would he play, and this is significant for reasons which will soon become elucidated. Robert, spending a shitload of time in the realm of the dead, leading the superstitious townsfolk to believe that he was involved in... Excuse me? In dark dealings and shit. And lo, some folk did say it that young Robert had sold his very soul to the first of the fallen, known as the Morning Star... He who was once the highest in heaven's host. Okay, okay, we get it. He made a deal with the devil. Indeed. Young Robert did meet with Lucifer in the crossroads upon the midnight hour when all the coolest shit doth transpire. The devil plucked Robert's guitar from his blustering hands, tuned it, played his infernal song and returned it to the man who would become a legend. Thus had Robert agreed to trade his immortal soul for the gift of genius in his hands and voice. And lo, he did thereafter take the stage in front of initially frowning masses, whose faces did change from pretty fucking unimpressed to being all like, holy shit, this guy is good. Better than good. He was the great bard of his age, and his name would become sung unto the heavens by all who would take music as their trade. Except for the occasional fucking ignorant bass player who should quite frankly be ashamed of himself. <laughs> and lo. Stop saying and lo. <laughs> <laughs> and lo. Young Robert's glory was as brief as it was magnificent. For as Faust had known before him, deals with the devil rarely goeth smooth earth. Seriously, dude, you are fucking fired. I can't keep company with someone who lacks a basic understanding of myth and history. (laughs) Okay, okay. So, anyways, for a time, Robert was much loved in both the artistic and carnal sense. The lucky SOB would have no need of hotel bookings, for invariably some young harlot would come along enamoured of his voice and sweet guitar skills and take him unto her bed, where they would perform the act that was in the age known by the term the horizontal pogo, making whoopee, and other such lame euphemisms. And thus did Robert beget many children, who themselves begot many children, which would prove to be a right motherfucking nightmare once the royalty checks started coming in. But Robert's joy and prolific procreation was brief, as many dudes had done before him and would do after he sought the love of a married woman, which was not fucking cool by anyone's account. For this, malfeasance was he given whiskey, which had, like, some kind of poison in it. Legend has it that the great Sonny Boy Williamson, fellow bluesman's, whose talents were also great, although not supernaturally so, knocked the, um, tainted juice. (laughs) We are officially changing the name of the album to Tainted Juice. (laughs) (laughs) Knocked the tainted juice from his hand and was all like, dude, 
don't drink that shit. It's fucking poisoned. Robert, being either a badass or a moron, depending on your personal interpretation, did reply, don't ever knock a bottle out of my hand. And did promptly take up a second bottle of <laughs> tainted juice and place it to his lips and big fucking surprise, it killed him. Of course, others would say that he just died of syphilis on account of being a big old slut, but surely this ending is the inferior one owing to both its mundanity and the lack of Sonny Boy Williamson's involvement. Now, Robert has not one, not two, but three different graves. You may protest, dear listener. Your senses may urge you to deny the truth of this story. But surely, as the wind bends the trees and... When did you switch from Chaucer to Edgar Allan Poe? Whatever. It's Chaucer and I'm spinning here this yarn. So, in conclusion, Robert Johnson was awesome. Mike is fired for not knowing who he is. (laughs) And I can only hope and pray that we make music half as wonderful. But managed to avoid a similarly tragic fate and early death. I guess what I'm trying to say, guys, is... No one gets syphilis, okay? <laughs> I realise I still haven't got to either a thank you or an apology. So first off, again, thank you to everyone who's been donating. If you haven't yet, I'd really appreciate any pennies you can send my way, especially since... And this brings us to the apology. I might be needing to use that money for legal fees sooner than expected. Lewis heard the little recording I made last week and, well, he didn't take too kindly to it. Apparently his colleagues didn't like what he had to say about them off the record and he said to put in for a transfer. That fine he mentioned for my little transgression at the library has suddenly become a top priority. So I need to spend a little over a grand to cover that. I'm going to have to borrow some of the Save Harmony fund money to pay for it. But I'll pay it back, I promise. That money is for Harmony, not me. It's just... I've had a lot of time off work lately because I've spent every waking minute searching for her, so my funds are pretty low. I've got a royalty check due in a couple of months, but I'm going to be skint until then. Anyway, you're not here to listen to me whine about my money problems like every fucking musician since the dawn of time. Now that I've got my bitching and mining out of the way, I have some big news. I have a lead, an important one. I managed to finally get in touch with Gaza, who was one of the techs at Seven Cycle Studios. He's been on tour in Europe with the Molotov cocktail waitresses and only just found time to reply to my 10 million messages. While we were recording the album, Gaza would source us all our instruments and other requirements. You heard him briefly on the recording there. When Harmony started requesting specific items that he couldn't get or couldn't get in the quantities she wanted, he agreed to let her meet with his suppliers directly. We all told her this was a terrible idea, of course, but she was never one to let other people tell her what to do. I got through to the main guy, whose name I'm absolutely not going to mention here, for obvious reasons, and he's agreed to meet with me tomorrow afternoon. This, as they say in the detective business, is a lead. I'm signing out now. See you tomorrow. I'm here, and to be honest, I'm ready to piss myself. This is not, well, not the kind of place you'd want to visit by choice, I'll say that much. I've got an image of my location on Google Maps sitting on my computer at home, set to auto-upload, if I do nothing within the next two hours. 
So, if something happens to me, well, at least I'll be easier to find than Harmony, right? <laughs> Alright, here goes nothing. Just in case this is my last recording, I want to say thank you, and please keep looking for harm. Tell her I love her. goes nothing. You river? Yeah. Alright. Arms up. Gotta pat you down. I'm gonna need to take your phone. No, I need it. What are you gonna need to live tweet your chat with the boss? Instagram the office decor? Get a grip. I promise we'll take good care of it. Leave it on the table there. I'm sorry, are you fucking deaf? You need me to write it down for you? Shut the fuck up, Richard! No need to be an asshole. River, put the phone down and quit wasting our time. Also, I should let you know that the boss is only seeing you because he's a fan of your band. So you should keep your eyes fucking down, ask your questions, keep them brief and get out of there. You've got five minutes. Plus, he hasn't had lunch yet, so he's moody when he's hungry. So, you know, don't try and joke around or anything. Also, you know, pro tip, compliment his outfit. He's pretty vain. Might butter him up a bit. Okay, right. Uh, thanks for the advice. I appreciate it. It's not a favour. I just don't feel like cleaning up anyone's blood today. That shit really stains. I'm sick of going to the dry cleaners three times a week. Got it. River, come on in. Take a seat. Dude, seriously? That deaf voice thing's not okay. I was just fucking around. Don't get your panties in a twist. When did you get so PC? You know my niece is deaf, right? Really? Which one? Elizabeth. She's got a cochlear implant and those little fucking punks at her school pulls the same shit you just did all the time. She's a little badass, so she usually knocks the snot out of them. Kind of like what I should do to you. Shit, I'm sorry. I, uh... I'm sure she's a great kid. Damn fucking right she is. You know, you know what she said to me the other day? She goes, having hearing aids is good because when people say mean things to you, you can just turn them off. I like that idea, you know, it's, it's like... Linguistic invincibility. Oh, but you can't see language anyway. Invincibility, not invisibility. Oh, right, I get it. Uh-oh. Sounds like someone's gonna need to cry him a river. <laughs> get it? Because his name is... Ri yeah, yeah, I got it. Did you like my line about the live tweeting and Instagramming? I'm trying to work more digital references into my material, trying to connect with the millennials, you know, modern audiences. Dude, this is exactly why we never come to your open mic. Hey, fuck you. I'd like to see you get up in front of a crowd of fucking strangers and try and make them laugh. It takes guts to do that. You know, most people's greatest fear is public speaking. Yeah, well, that's because most people haven't had their teeth pulled out with pliers or bamboo shoved under their fingernails, which is a shame, really. Might give people some fucking perspective. My oldest, he's always whining now our internet connection is too slow, complaining that he can't be expected to live like this. And I tell him there are plenty of kids in this world who can't even get clean water and three square meals a day. And he says... Well, I could probably learn more about them if you started paying for a decent data package. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I used to have to shoplift my porno from a store and risk getting arrested. Meanwhile, these kids beam that shit from outer space from the comfort of their bedroom and they complain it's not fast enough? This is exactly why I never had kids. You never had kids because you could never find a girl stupid enough to let you get her pregnant. Yeah, well, your mum offered, but I told her I didn't want to go into anywhere that you'd come out of. Really? 
I your mama joke. This is exactly why you can't book gigs anywhere except steakhouses and hippie festivals. Why are you always going to shit on my dreams? Just because you lack vision. Have you ever done anything except this fucking protection work? When you were a kid and people asked you, what do you want to do when you grow up? Did you say, I want to brag kneecaps for fucking assholes who only managed to build criminal empires because the cops are clueless gits who can't fucking find a... Fucking hell, kid! What did you say to him? You're lucky he didn't kill you. You should have never come here. Now I've got to clean up glass and blood. Do you know how hard it is to find a decent glass repair service in this neck of the woods? Here, take your phone and get the fuck out of here before I kill you myself. Kid, run. Thank you. You know, Christ, the others used to always uh, make fun of me because I'd never been in a fight. If only they could see me now. Lady, if you knew the day I just had. Well, I guess you must be pretty eager to find out what went in there, right? Sitting on the edge of your seat or bed or wherever you're listening to this. Here goes. After Harmony disappeared, she got in contact because she heard that... Old mate provided relocation services. New ID, passports, fake birth certificates, credit histories, even plastic surgery. Although, I'm not sure that investing in black market plastic surgery is such a good idea. Once she decided to disappear, she called him up, squared up her debt, and then asked to be relocated. He wouldn't give me her new name, just her location. Said that even that was stretching his professional boundaries and that it could damage his reputation. But he said because she told him specifically that I was allowed to contact her, it would be okay. As long as I told no one else. And so, I'm afraid that means even you, my candles in the dark. For Harmony's safety, I might just keep the secret to myself, but... I found her. I fucking found her! Yes! Yes! Ah! Oh. Shit! Oh, I think my wrist might be broken. Ah! Now, I know what you must be thinking. It all went so fine and dandy. If Mr X was so happy to share all that info, how did River end up all Rocky Five over here? Well, I may have overstepped somewhat. I was halfway out the door when he said, We're not done here. Apparently Harmony had only paid the first half of her relocation fee, the other half being payable on delivery or whatever. But once the guy in charge of her transport drove out of the parking lot with her in the passenger seat, they never saw him, or the money he was supposed to come back with. Not surprising, really. Harmony has a way of convincing people to do things they don't want to do, even things that might get them killed. So now, apparently, I'm held accountable for the money she owes, which... Well, I mean, the fine stung pretty bad, but it's chump change compared to this. I've got to get it to him by the end of the week. Which, I guess, is just extra motivation to find my dear little sis. I'm just trying to figure out, in this version of the story, am I Orpheus or Eurydice? I'm going to go home. 
bathe myself in ice and betadine and sleep for 16 hours. But tomorrow? Tomorrow I'm going to see my sister. This week's episode was written by J.M. Denellen, with sound design and direction and all that other stuff by Jessica McGaw, and also I helped out a little bit. And thank you to our full cast this week. We had All Hands on Deck, we had Robert Zozars, Jessica McGaw, Tom Yaxley, Mel Zanetti, Damien Campagnolo, and Liam Soden. It was so cool hearing them all on the same episode. They did an amazing job, as always. I have to say thank you so much to everyone who's tuned in so far. We've all been really blown away and surprised and grateful to everyone who's been listening and sharing and especially our supporters on Patreon and people who've taken the time to rate and review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. Um, If you haven't done that yet, we would love you to take the time to do that. It means a lot. It means we get more visibility and more people can hear our show, which we've worked so hard on. Now, just a quick reminder that we are going to take next week off over the holiday period. We are going to look into this cool new thing that the kids are doing called sleep. Apparently cool people do that. We're going to give it a go. We'll let you know the results in a couple of weeks when we come back in the new year. Please have a great holiday period. Look after each other. Eat way too much. We love you. See you in 2018. Don't cry, baby. Don't cry after I'm gone.